Sasswa is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit sasswa.com. This is Sasswet, a podcast about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined tonight by my pal, Mark Matsky. Greetings. And Mark's son, Andy Matsky. Hello. And uh, if you're a listener to Sasswet for any length of time, you've probably heard us talk about Andy before. Uh, Mark and Andy do their own show. Put a plug in right here, Mark. We have a show that we do that started out as pretty much centered on Godzilla and Ultraman, but it's branched out. We talk about X-Files and just pretty much anything that comes to mind on a given week. It's called Monsterland Ohio Radio, and there's a couple ways to get to it. One is through our blog, which is monsterlandohio.blogspot.com, and we're also on iTunes and Monsterland Ohio Radio dot Podomatic dot com. Anything to add? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. Yeah. In a minute, wow. we're gonna we're gonna get into the uh, theme of this episode, which is kind of talking with with Andy about his take on Bigfoot, because we've said it before ad nauseum, actually, on this show that this show is not only for people new to the subject but but we definitely want to be welcoming to new people uh and people who are just gaining an interest in the subject and obviously that would extend to the youth of america and the world who have an interest in uh huge hairy hominids so uh that is going to be tonight's kind of theme is talking with andy getting a kid's take on Bigfoot. But before we do that, we have some letters. I'm going to start us out with a letter. If you want to send us a letter, you can send it to sasswhatmail at gmail.com. Mark and I like to read these on the show. It gives us something to talk about. And um, yeah, send those in. You will get our uh, thanks on the air. And this letter comes to us from Leon. He said, I am a new listener and was listening to an old podcast to catch up and heard you guys mention a Kickstarter. I looked for it, but couldn't find it. Is it up yet or did I miss it? I would love to get a DVD of the Minerva Monster documentary. (laughs) So uh, this is my chance to uh, pimp the fact that I am directing a movie called Minerva Monster. You've already heard us talk about it with Alan and Jesse, my producers, and We've been on, let me think, we were just on a show called Crypto Logic last night. You can check them out on Blog Talk Radio. It's a cool show. And uh, that was actually a really interesting interview. They kind of asked a lot of different questions relating to that Minerva case. Uh, So if you're uneducated in the Minerva monster case, you should check out Crypto Logic Radio. And we're on another show this coming Sunday to talk about it called Beyond the Edge. So... I will be skipping the Super Bowl, apparently, uh, so I can talk about 
the Minerva Monster Project. But um, one of the reasons we're doing all this promotion this week is is we're launching the Kickstarter on Sunday. Possibly not until Monday, but I think we should be up by by Sunday. So if you've you've had an interest like Leon here and you want to know about the Kickstarter, you'll be able to find it as of Sunday. There's a lot of cool rewards. I don't know that I am permitted to to give out kind of what they are, but I will say if you've ever wanted to own, say, a um, Minerva Monster hoodie, um, this is your opportunity to do that along with the obviously the DVD that you can pre-order through the through the uh, Kickstarter and oh yeah and if you uh, pre-order through the Kickstarter you'll get the DVD for two bucks cheaper so that's kind of cool and you get your name in the credits of the movie which right there is is pretty awesome so there's a lot of different reward levels some really cool stuff we've been putting together um, I'm trying to think of what else I need to toss in here before we move on. But well, the, the highest the highest level reward would be to hang out with Seth and Alan and Jesse. Yeah, wouldn't it? You know, I mean, at, I mean uh, here's the thing: Peninsula Pub or somewhere like that. Yeah, ten thousand dollars, Andy. Andy nailed it. That's about <laughs> that's about the reward you've you've got to really shell out to get that. Um, I'm trying to think. I, there's there's so much going on with this movie right now. It's kind of been uh, inundating my life for the last couple of weeks. So this week especially has been crazy. And and but I, I really think this Kickstarter is going to be a cool way for people to help uh, be involved in the movie. And you get to see your name in the credits. I mean that right there is pretty cool. So uh, I don't know a URL. I think it'll probably be just Kickstarter.com/slash/Minerva Monster. Maybe I don't know how they do that. But it, nonetheless, you'll be able to search Minerva Monster. Right. So. Do that on Sunday. Thank you for the letter, Leon. Thanks for anyone that actually cares about the Minerva Project. It's been a labor of love for a lot of us. So, uh, And don't forget to, to check out these podcasts we did this week where we talked about the movie. So let's move on with Sasswhat business. I know we have other letters here. Mark, why don't you read our next one? Okay. This is a shorter one. It says, Hello, Seth. According to Lauren Coleman's Bigfoot book, The Chapman Family Incident at Ruby Creek, happened in 1941. He quotes Ivan Sanderson's account from around 1960. I really enjoy the podcasts. I almost always end up wanting to hear more. Best wishes, Eric. That was uh, in reference to the, I think it was, was that last week's episode? The classic uh, Sasquatch Encounters episode? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of felt bad about that because we kind of stumbled into Ruby Creek and I was woefully unprepared to talk about it no i think it was me who, <laughs> who i mean i've never stuttered and i stutter a lot i stuttered through that entire uh recounting i had to actually re- rely on leonard nimoy to kind of carry us through yeah uh, i like those occasional leonard nimoy yeah leonard helps us out <laughs> He really does, you know. Not. We owe him we, something. I feel we like. give him a call, and we're like, Leonard, listen, buddy, uh, we really need you on Sasswood again. <laughs> he shows up in the studio, and we just go to work. That's the the best thing about Leonard. Say what you will about Leonard, but the guy is a workhorse. He's a pro's pro. Mm-hmm. Pro's you know? pro. Man, he makes it work. <laughs> but the the thing that is really cool to me is that. A little uh, preview of where we're going to be going in the near future is we're going to do a show about John Green Mm -hmm. and his life and his research. And one thing that I've discovered is John Green's uh, involvement in the Ruby Creek case. Um, I was surprised. I had just either never knew or forgotten completely uh, his involvement with Ruby Creek. So that's a little bit of uh, 
setting the hook for a future episode. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a fun episode. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to talking about is Bossberg, because it is one of my favorite Bigfoot research stories. Um, All right, we have one more letter, and then we're going to get into the theme of the show. All right. This one says, Hi, guys. I just found your website by searching for Sasquatch Podcasts. I listened to three this afternoon. They are very enjoyable, especially for a novice like me. You all seem to be fairly knowledgeable. I've done a tremendous amount of reading and studying since last fall when we encountered Sasquatch evidence for the first time by our cabin in the woods in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York. We've found footprints mainly and a Sasquatch quote-unquote nest, but the most compelling evidence was after driving my car down a very dusty dirt road. When I got home and got out of my car, the back of it had been quote-unquote dusted. There, as plain as day, was a huge handprint complete with fingerprints and some odd parallel lines. I had no idea what they were until I read Dr. Meldrum's book, Sasquatch, Legend Meets Science. Meldrum theorizes that Sasquatch are a North American ape, and then on page 249 was a photo of dermal ridges just like my handprint. If you'd care to see the photos, they are on my blog, and he gives a link there that maybe we can put in uh, the show notes. Yeah. Are you aware of any other photos of Sasquatch handprints that I can compare these to? In any event, I've liked your Facebook page, and I'll be a regular listener of your podcast. Keep up the great work. Best regards, Dave Gibson. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Thank you, actually, to all three of our letter writers. We got many, many letters in the past month, and I didn't even get to read all of them so far on the show. So if you, again, if you want to send in letters, uh, sasswhatmail at gmail.com. As far as other handprints, the only thing I could think of, and I'm not even 100% sure it was a full handprint, but I do know that uh, there was a handprint taken off of a car somewhere out in California a couple years ago. All I remember about that that particular incident is that it was like mired in controversy. I can't remember why, but it was one of those like Bigfoot controversy things. There was like a face print and a handprint on the window of a car. Um, oh yeah, there's a photo. Yeah. Like there's yeah. photos of that too. Yeah, we might try to dig those up for you, Dave, and maybe I can post those on the Facebook page or something. So you can... And there have been uh, hand casts, if I'm not mistaken, and also um, Finding Bigfoot had an episode where there was an alleged streak, uh, you know, finger streaks on the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's some of that. Do you have something to add, sir? Nope. Andy, Andy, I got to know what's going <laughs> through your head right now, because as he's talking about this, you're just shaking your head. I was going to say exactly what he was going to say. Oh, okay. He stole it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's revenge for something on our podcast. I'm not sure. And raised that child until he grew up to be wild boy. Before we get into this week's show, we got a letter uh, from a listener named Joseph Young, who has a daughter named Abby, and she's eight, and this was sent after we recorded the show, but I wanted to add it in because it speaks to what we end up talking about. So, Joseph interviewed his daughter, Abby. Uh, Her name is Abby. She's eight, and they're from St. Clairsville down in Ohio, southern Ohio. 
he did this in kind of an interview format, and I thought it was kind of cool, so I'm going to read it as he sent it to me. Um, Joseph, when did you first become interested in Bigfoot and why? Abby's response was, about a year ago, watching Finding Bigfoot. I love Renee Holland. Joseph said, do you believe they are real? Abby said, very succinctly, yes. He asked why. Her response, because we heard one at Salt Fork State Park. He asked, why are you interested in them? Abby's response, I don't know. They live near us in the woods and nobody has caught one. Joseph said, what do you think they eat? Abby said, peanut butter. Joseph asked, what do you think they do in the winter? Abby's response was, walk around, obviously. Joseph asked, what would you do if you ran into a Bigfoot? Abby said, give it a hug. Uh, And Joseph ended the letter by saying, this is it. For all the criticism that real researchers throw at Finding Bigfoot, I think it has done a lot to promote public interest by coming at the topic from an angle that a commoner like me could understand, and the comic relief draws people in. Thanks, Joseph. And again, if you want to send in a letter, uh, sasswhatmail at gmail.com. Let's get into our interview with Andy. All right, let's get into talking to Andy about the subject of Bigfoot. Um, Andy, why don't you tell us first, before we get into Bigfoot, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Um, I, I'm an 11-year-old boy who um, is homeschooled. I enjoy the unknown, and I don't know what else to say. Good. That's, I mean, I right can there, tap that's dance. about it. Jeez, that right there. Why wouldn't you lead with tap dancing? That's I, that's I the know. that's the accomplishment. That's the greatest accomplishment a man can have, actually. Just ask Fred Astaire. Um, all right, so Andy, Bigfoot. I want to know, did you get into Bigfooting because of your dad? Yeah, he kind of pushed me into it. <laughs> I went voluntarily. Um. I forced him to read one different Bigfoot book each week and write a report. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was locked in a pantry under the <laughs> stairs. It was all out of love, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He didn't even feed me. Um, <laughs> you had to forage like the Sasquatch does. Yeah. All right. He so, became my friend. So, so um, t- talk to us about getting into. How did you get into Bigfoot? Part of my getting into Bigfoot was um, Monster Quest that was really coming on while I was younger and getting into the subject and. I don't know what else. This my dad was really responsible. Mm-hmm. And you guys went to the conference. Is that kind of like mm-hmm. around the time that you started getting into it, or were you into it before that? I was into it before then. Um, I've been into it since about I've been six. Was like six when I started, or before. It's one of those things that's always kind of been around. I know mm-hmm. Monster Quest made me scared of the um, dark hallway that we had in one house. Um, I I don't know. Okay. I just have been into it for almost as long as I can remember. So. All right. So so Bigfoot, tell me when you're when you're learning about this subject, you're going to these conferences with your dad. Uh, your dad's talking about how much he loves Tom Powell, uh, and he thinks that the psychic Sasquatch is is legit. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. Time out. <laughs> Uh, what what is your take, Andy Matsky, on Bigfoot? Do you think that these things are real? 
I think they are very much real. I just, um, I know there are a lot of things out there that we don't know, and there's just so much complexity in everything that they kind of have to be out there. And I believe they're flesh and bone, and I really don't know what else to say. Um, yeah, I believe <laughs> years of years of prep work to talk yeah. about Bigfoot. Um, you have the you have the mic. You can literally say anything you want about Bigfoot. Nope, nothing. <laughs> All right, so you're you're telling me. When have you and your dad gone on any of these kind of uh, bigfooting expeditions before? We haven't gone on any mainstream ones, but we've gone on a few. Just me and him. Um, mm-hmm. We go to Salt Fork because it's near us, and we also mm-hmm. go to Will's Creek, which is somewhat near us. Yeah. Now, Mark, when you were when you were um, kind of burying him in Sasquatch lore. Um, did you kind of let him make up his own mind? Did you lead him in one direction? Did you say, Andy, there's just too much evidence you have to believe? No, I really have tried not to steer him towards a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I've taken more of the approach of putting the resources in front of him that I had. And, you know, there's a ton more that exists today than what I had. And letting him sort of explore those um, a couple different books have been, I think, kind of important to him. One is uh, Tales of the Cryptids, mm-hmm. and the other is what's that Sasquatch one. That It's a lot like Tales of mm-hmm. the Cryptids stylistically. And we've talked a lot about what he thinks it is and what I think it is. But I don't really, I'm not interested in, you know, conforming him to an opinion right. on it. But be, I will say that because we have had access to things like the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, he's had a lot more exposure at this point in his life than I ever did. I mean, my exposure was basically up to age 11, was um, In Search Of and Marion Place's books and Lauren Coleman's books and a few others that I could get my hands on, but that was about it. And where he's at is just exponentially... Mm-hmm far beyond that so he's hearing a lot of different theories and voices which is really cool to me and uh, he can put the puzzle together however he wants to yeah so what is it about this particular cryptid uh andy uh the bigfoot not not that i'm calling you andy a cryptid but what (laughs) what is it about this particular cryptid that you find interesting and is this your favorite kind of uh cryptological cryptozoological however you say it is it your favorite cryptid well bigfoot is my favorite cryptid and the reason i'm so into it is i'm into like apes and monkeys and the idea that one could be roughly living in my backyard is very interesting um (laughs) and just um the whole cryptozoological thing i'm all into that too it's just I don't know what a second would be, too. There's just yeah, so many. I, I, when I was a kid, I was really into lake monsters. In fact, I just talked about this in some interview. Like, I almost found, as a, as a kid especially, I almost found lake monsters much more interesting than, than the idea of Bigfoot. And I think it was just because I was already terrified of the water. Like, everything, every large body, and even small bodies of water contained a, some sort of jaws like creature just waiting to eat me so 
I was already scared of it, so it wasn't going to scare me, you know, to go in in a lake because I was already terrified of it. Whereas I was not the least bit scared of the woods because I spent much of my childhood in the woods behind my parents' house, and I never saw anything unusual or heard anything that unusual, at least not that I can recall. So I was always, like, super into lake monsters and even, like, UFOs. But Bigfoot, strangely enough, Bigfoot was, like, a later-in-life kind of thing. And and it's interesting because... I'm sure there's many skeptics who would who would argue with me, but I, I find the idea of an unknown kind of um, super elusive ape living in our woods um, and managing to stay undiscovered, I find that concept actually fairly believable, whereas something like a lake monster, which is in you know a, a fairly contained area with many people kind of in that area... I, I am as I get older, I find that idea probably a little less believable that something could remain elusive, you know, in that kind of, you know, small area. So, so when we're talking about, you know, Bigfoot and all this stuff, are you, is there like a fear factor for you at all? Sometimes there is, and sometimes yeah. not. If you want to ask me a year ago, I would have been terrified, <laughs> and I've finally gotten out of it. Like, mm-hmm. not been, like, his Bigfoot outside my, my door and yeah. stuff like that. But um, So you've you've outgrown, like, half of the Bigfoot uh, interested, like, the, the people that are in the Bigfoot community then. Because, like, <laughs> right now, the big thing is, like, everyone's terrified of Bigfoot grabbing them and, and running off into the woods with them. But you're, you're to the point now, you're telling us you're to the point where you're like, ah, forget it. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> You're hoping for an Ostman experience, yeah. is what you're telling us. Grab this sleeping bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, do you have a favorite kind of historical or um, encounter story? Well, in the historical one, I think, like, Jacko is my favorite mm-hmm. true historical one. And all those, like, where it's captured and then it disappears, I'm really mm-hmm. into and favorite Gosh. is probably um, Patterson Gimlin film. Cause okay, good. Go good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing it up because I was going to go there next. So yeah. talk, talk about the Patterson film. Well, the thing about it is I'm very into special effects. And the truth is no special effects or makeup were like that back then. And just because we've heard Bob Gimlin talk, there is no false testimony in him at all mm-hmm. and it's a hundred percent truth and you can just tell by the look in his eyes and stuff it's true mm-hmm. and just the whole film is amazing it's like the best evidence truly out there yeah yeah i've always said that that it's it's difficult for me because i'm not you know a uh 100 i'm not 100 pro bigfoot existence uh, but but I think the Patterson film is so believable that I have a hard time saying this is false or, you know, this is real or this is false because the whole subject kind of hinges on that, right? Like if I don't, not that if I don't believe, if I don't believe the, the Patterson film is real, that that makes Bigfoot not real. But if I say it is real, that means that I am saying I believe in Bigfoot and I'm just not there yet. So now I am 100% pro Mothman. And I, know, <laughs> I forgot about. And I know that, yeah. yeah, and I know that you guys uh, are super into Mothman. Um, 
But outside, okay, Mark, I want you to talk a little bit more about like your your guys' interaction together with this subject. Okay, well, in the beginning, it was mostly reading books together and watching uh, television programs on the subject. And when he was really little, you know, I tried to pay careful attention to shows that wouldn't totally just scare the pants off of him. And so we had to, you know, sort of weed through and find some of the objective type shows, which are out there. And Monster Quest actually did a pretty good job of not being completely terrifying and and being more of a level-headed approach to Bigfoot in particular. And as that, you know, as he grew up, then what we started to do is mix in some of the experience factors um, having to do with the conferences. And the first conference that we went to at Salt Fork was sort of on a whim. We didn't get advance tickets or anything like that. We just went the day of and were able to kind of luckily find a couple seats for Ron Moorhead's presentation and we got to hear mm-hmm. uh, Sierra Sound stuff and take a take a look at the uh, the dealers area which has multiplied mm-hmm. since we started going and then of course trying to uh, find some local hot spots and with our knowledge of the you know the local Bigfoot scene with nearby um, all kinds of places that we can go. We, we've driven around in Coshocton County and a little bit of Tuscarawas County, not to mention um, we've been down in Hocking Hills, although that's not really, we didn't, we weren't on a Bigfoot hunt in Hocking Hills when we were there. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of been the the arc of it, is it's gone from uh, reading about it, watching shows, to putting ourselves in places where other people have allegedly had sightings and we camped at salt fork and and so now you know we're we're to the point that we look forward to ohio bigfoot conference and get our tickets early and all that good stuff and and that's not to mention our uh finding bigfoot experiences that we've had also that that took it to a whole different level Well, when we were talking about this show, Mark, you told me that Andy has some interesting takes on personalities in the uh, Bigfoot field. So are you talking like researchers, like Andy has opinions on researchers, or what did you mean? Yeah, I think on researchers, and uh, in particular, I think researchers and uh, lecturers that he's met, and also TV personalities as well. Care to expand on um, that, Andy? Yeah. I have a couple, which there are the people who are into it that don't really dwell on it that much. And then there are people who are into it like us and have a fairly open end to things. And then the people who I'm not really fond of are like the knowers who are like, Bigfoot's walk here. They do this whistle and a person comes here. They throw rocks as hello, and then the second one's warning. And it's experts is what you mean, kind of like <laughs> the people who claim to be Bigfoot experts. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I do not 
like that attitude at all. <laughs> it's like, have you hung out with them? Have you talked to them? Are you actually one of them? Is that how yeah. you know all this? It's true. It's true. That's one of the things that's always driven me crazy. And Mark and I have talked about it on the show. The people who claim as if they have some uh, secret knowledge. Hey, if you were to um, identify a couple Bigfoot personalities that you feel kind of line up with your ideas about the creature, like I who, who would they be? Like people? Like people. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, no, <laughs> Sasquatch <Dogs>. personalities. <laughs> An animal. The elder statesman, white Sasquatch. <laughs> or the juvenile. So do you want me no, to, like, people. name names? Or... Yeah, name names. Okay, I think I'm kind of... Po- just in the positive, the, the okay. ones that you sort of okay. gel to. Kind of mm-hmm. like a Cliff Berkman. Tom Biscardi. Kind of... um, sorry. What? Tom Biscardi? <laughs> Is that... No? Okay. No. Um... Who else? I don't really know. Um, kind of like a also Tom Powell. Like his kind of ideas are mm-hmm. kind of interesting, and I kind of like the interest. Yeah, said I said Cliff, Cliff. Barrickman first. Yeah. What's your take on finding Bigfoot, Andy? I really like it because it's not like really out there, and it's not like Bigfoot's gonna snatch you out of your bed, throw you out your window, drag you through the window. And all those things. It's a very down-to-earth, sometimes, Bigfoot mm-hmm. show. And I do not like shows that are all the scary reports that are the one in a million. Which yeah. I despise those shows. <laughs> I want um, them to disappear. Much like the kidnapped uh, people that Bigfoot is taking in our national parks. Mark, yeah. as a as a bonding kind of subject for like father and son or, or any you know kind of... Uh, parent and child what what do you think of bigfooting it's awesome on a couple levels i mean one is the just the imaginative thought world level that this is something you can talk about um why you think it's real why you don't what's the criteria that you use to come to those decisions i mean it can it can start out as sort of a, a cute kind of fun thing but as andy's grown up we've been able to talk about it in more of a you know, why do you why do you think something is real, you know, and get into those type of conversations, which are really rewarding. Mm-hmm. And the other element to that is it's an excuse to get outside and pack up the tent and stuff and just go out and see our natural uh, resources and settings. And, you know, it, it's fun to say, hey, we're going to go on a little uh, Sasquatch reconnaissance mission. And whether anything like that actually happens or not is really immaterial because you're out there with your son enjoying, you know, the beauty of nature and just the experiences of building a campfire and, you know, walking a trail and all that good stuff. So it's it works on a couple different levels and just a lot of fun. All right, we're going to wrap up, but before we do, I want to get Andy's final thoughts on some things here. Andy, do you think in the next 10 years we will have some sort of definitive proof of Bigfoot? We might. Um, if I was to give a yes or no, I don't think so. So no, because as much as there's more people getting into the subject and stuff like that, I think he will learn to be more elusive and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
do you see yourself in 10 years still interested in looking for Bigfoot? Okay. All right. Final thoughts. I want you to give us, usually we have your dad wrap up with some sort of, he'll make some statement that just makes me look like a fool. And it's, it's <laughs> just very succ- no. succinct and, and beautifully, beautifully worded. So we want you to just tell us something, your, your final thoughts on Bigfoot, uh, the creature and Bigfoot, the subject. I should do a Leonard Nimoy voice to end this. End the soul. Bigfoot. Bigfoot is a wonderful creature. Walks through the woods. They will be punished. Has his own life. <laughs> own life. Away from technology. You have restored. Okay. Um, I don't know what to say, really. Bigfoot is amazing. Whatever it is, it's an amazing creature that has some sort of gift that we don't. Huh. Good night, everyone. I'm learning. Whether that world is in our time or in the future. That's right. All right, you can stop that one. We came here from a place hundreds of years from now. I wish I would have gone with them. Suzy, Nora, Tama, Broca. What? Bigfoot says you shouldn't go into the future because they wouldn't know how to deal with you. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash sasswhat. Find us on Twitter by using the hashtag sasswhat, or you can find me on Twitter at Seth Breeds Love. Mark Matsky is on Twitter at Reverend Matsky. Send your letters to sasswhatmail at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Yeah.